Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step-by-step step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. So what is your testing methodology? Pick an audience, figure out what makes good ad copy. Three different pieces of ad copy with one graphic and test the ad copy and see which one works best for you. That's where you can start. And if you start there, you're doing better than so many people. It, it, your business will love you for it. All right, welcome to today's episode, my friends. It's Rick here and uh, if you are tuning into the podcast for the first time in a little little while and you're you saw the podcast artwork and you're like who is this other person on the artwork there with Rick well then you need to go back and listen to this past Friday's episode where I share with you the nine lessons I learned on my 4 month sabbatical well in that episode spoiler alert I announced a new co-host of the podcast here Quajo is uh is now joining me as the co-host here of the podcast and uh super excited about it today we are going to be talking about facebook ads specifically the we're going to be answering and talking about the top 10 facebook ads and instagram ads questions that he gets as a facebook ad manager in his agency and also as a facebook ads coach and then also the questions that i get all the time uh from a facebook ads perspective and I know that whether you are just starting out in ads or you've already been running ads, uh, you're going to find a lot of value in this discussion here where we're talking about the top 10 answers to the top 10 Facebook ads questions that we get. Please enjoy this conversation with Quajo and me. All right. Welcome to today's episode, Quajo. Thank, you, thank you. you. What is going on outside your window right now? Just to um, call attention to it, so so people <laughs> listening cannot not hear it now. It's just maintenance inside of the community I live in. They're they're blowing. It's fall time, so they're they're leaf blowing leaves. It sounds like they're chopping trees down, like they're chainsawing trees right now. It's uh, it must be a very powerful leaf blower. Yeah, I can hear it all the way in San Diego. Yep. <laughs> so we're talking about one of our favorite uh, topics here, our joint favorite topics here. Mm -hmm. which is Facebook ads. And uh, as a Facebook ads manager, you get tons of questions on a daily basis from people yeah. wanting to know, you know, basic to more advanced questions when it comes to Facebook ads. And so I thought this might be a good 
episode to do. And mm-hmm. uh, because I know that everybody listening right now, or most people listening right now, uh, have very similar questions when it comes to when it comes to ads. And uh, I just want to start out with, in in your view, and I know I, I I'm going to challenge you on this. And it's Ooh, okay. not one of the questions that I'm looking at right now. I'm going to put you on the spot. And I know you have a biased, I know you have a biased answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Mm-hmm. People want to know, are Facebook ads still a viable channel to be marketing their business? And when I say, by the way, everybody, when we say Facebook ads, we're also including Instagram ads, sort of the collective so right. are they still viable in you know the fall of 2023? Yes. I will even say they are so viable that at times when working with certain clients, I have moments of jealousy asking myself, Quajo, what are you even doing? Just go copy their business model. Like people are still crushing it with Facebook ads is what I'm trying to tell you, listener. That now, yes. which- so yes, still viable. When you say crushing it, what like give us in like what does that mean? Because that can mean different things to different people. Okay, well let's talk about one of the things that everybody would love to run an SLO funnel, self liquidating offer, running ads to a pretty low priced offer, twenty seven dollars straight to the offer, having an order bump and upsell and making money on that. I just talked to a guy coached with him a couple times to help him, you know, make his ads work even better. He has a military offering. It's a course, if I can remember correctly, that teaches commanding officers how to conduct their reviews better. Think about that. I love it. That's very that's very niche. Super ultra niche. Yeah. And his order bump, I, I'm not going to be able to recite the order, order bump off the top sure. of my head, but he has an order bump and an upsell and you know they have those textbook order bump and upsell uptake rates and it's just so crazy profitable uh, and that's just one example so yes so describe what you're talking about though somebody somebody clicks on an ad goes to download a lead magnet or for for whatever okay and and then is this the funnel that you're talking this type of funnel that you're talking about so, ad, so that would be go ahead Add to lead magnet, and then on the thank you page where you get an offer, a chance to buy something, I would call that a tripwire funnel, where the initial traffic is coming in for a lead, and then what you've done as the creator is put something on the thank you page that is very aligned with the lead magnet, and you know, because you've done the research of your audience, it solves a problem that they have. What I was just describing previously was a self-liquidating offer funnel where you're running cold ad traffic directly yep. to a, okay. a sales page. Yep. Yeah. And, and in general, is there a price range that you generally see works really well? That's effective for ad directly mm-hmm. to a purchase. Yeah. Less than $37 for that initial purchase is what I've seen. I, I haven't, I can't say in my, what is it? Almost three years. Could be a little over three years if you count when I ran ads for my own online business, the previous one. Can't say that I've seen one of those self-liquidating offer funnels working for an offer that was over $47. Yeah, I would Yeah, I would yeah. agree. Can we yeah. just talk real, real quick for a second? I sure. hate the term tripwire. 
have always hated that term. Like, what is like? I I think I know who came up with like where it came from. I just don't understand. If you're like, I look at, all right, somebody's gonna come. You're offering a lead magnet. You're offering them. You're you're giving them incentive to come into your house. Like you're welcoming them welcoming them into your house with a lead magnet. That's something that's gonna be really helpful. And then you, you know, then you make this other offer. That's a, a like you know, that's a whatever price, $7, let's just say, cool. I'm all like, I'm all for this, but like a tripwire, it's like, I just picture like they're walking into your house and then you've got a trip, a little tripwire on the door. And so they trip over it. Like what kind of experience is that anyway? It's just not good terminology because if you think about it, like squeeze page, remember squeeze page from back in the day? Yeah, totally. Yeah. The, the, the picture that's being painted is that we're like luring people in and like tripwire. So then, you know, like somebody's coming to your house so you can just sell the heck out of them. No, it's like selling is serving. That's what you said. I took that one from you. Yeah. Um, selling is serving. Selling. Is I, get, serving. I can, I can hear people right now or see people right now listening right now thinking like, finally, somebody's saying it. Like I've always hated the tripwire term too. All right. So tripwire, but you're talking more so about the example you just mentioned, like a slow funnels, which is self-liquidating offer. You send, you have an ad for a specific offer, which is for sale. Let's call it a $37, you know, widget. And somebody buys that. And then they're presented with another offer, which is, you know, maybe an upsell or a bump offer. People call it different things. And then, you know, sometimes a third offer after that. But this particular funnel that you just mentioned is converting really, really well. Very well. So, like, what's really well? Like percentages? Do you have percentage? You know, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at my other monitor right now, and I'm not looking at his file. I would have to go dig through Google Drive. That's cool. Drive That's cool. You didn't ahead. know I was going to ask you this. I didn't. <laughs> so, so, and and the reason that this type of funnel is so um, attractive to people is that y- you can often pay for your ad spend uh through this type of funnel because you're making money back on the sale and now with that though i did an episode a while ago telling people not to do (laughs) these small offer funnels and i clarified what i meant by that and and i i agree it was a little bit of a you know clickbaity title of the of the episode but the point I was trying to make is that they're not for everybody. But I hear this more and more from people saying, I want to do this type of funnel because I don't have a whole lot of budget for ads. So I want to pay for my ads. Do you see a type of business or a level of business that tends to do better than others when they're doing a slow funnel? No. And the long answer is no. So again, I have to look at my experience. Having coached with you for a number of years in Accelerator, mm-hmm. no. And then having worked inside of the ads agency and seen a whole lot of businesses, no. And having done it for myself, no. How was that for a long answer? That was it, a short it, answer, though, I that think. That was a short answer. What's um, the key to it? What's the, in your eyes and, and from your experience, what's the key to it working? The key is having an offer that is, the key is ultra understanding your audience. Mm with that first offer. Yep. Because if you understand your audience super well, 
And you're able to then take that understanding and parlay that into a good, let's call it a good sales page, meaning you can script out, write out, message out what they need, what they're struggling with. And then you have an offer that's aligned with that. All you have to do is price it at a no-brainer price. I'm not saying like bottom of the barrel price, so to speak, but a price where it's a steal for that person and then it works. But is that easy? It's not easy. It takes a lot more testing. And it's, I, I think it's a shift in mindset also. You know, we always talk about mindset of ads and so forth. People yeah. are used to what's my cost per lead. This becomes what's my cost per purchase. Yeah. Then you start and, talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, oh, if my if my initial offer is whatever, $37 and it's costing me, you know, $19 yeah. to acquire that, well, all right, cool. I'm spending $19 to make 37. All right, game on. And you're also the objective is going to be what is it now sales or can i forget what they've changed the objectives now sales. sales and you're optimizing for purchase yep rather than you know a lead again you're telling facebook what you actually want to accomplish from that so it's yeah go ahead go ahead so what i would add to cuz i just had this question on a on a strategy call i do these funnel fixing strategy calls, you know, shameless promotion. You can go down to the link in the descriptions and book a call with me. But one of the ladies was asking me, Quajo, should I run this type of funnel? Because money, why not? Or should I run lead ads? And so I do want to explain on the podcast, that kind of funnel takes a lot to test. But if you're running ads directly to a sales page and you're targeting correctly, then you're also missing out on leads because there is no option for somebody to opt in. So you might get a hundred people visiting that page. And if you're doing it right, you know, 20 of them will buy, but there was a lot more people in that audience that would have become a lead if you had targeted them or sent them to a lead magnet, for example. And so like as a business owner, you have to decide, am I fueling my business? with enough leads so that I'm making the kind of impact, you know, the kind of sales I want during launches versus am I going to try in a slow funnel and make it profitable and make money from that? It, it could be both and. It might be one or the other, depending on what stage you're at. But think about that. If you just go for a slow funnel by itself, you are sacrificing getting leads and then the opportunity to nurture those leads. It's also the psychology of it too, right? You know, they say that, if somebody is coming into your business paying, you know, as a paying customer right off the bat, rather than they're downloading of, you know, a freebie, nothing wrong with that, but there's a different kind of psychology there because they're coming in as a buyer and, you know, more likely to potentially buy more quickly than somebody coming in as, Oh, I just downloaded a free lead magnet and now I'm being nurtured. This is getting this is this is a deep dive already in just one of the questions. We we, we went there. <laughs> but you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. I don't think we're gonna go further. Maybe we should have another episode about this. But um definitely if you want to pull off that kind of funnel, yeah, you just have to understand your audience far better than I'm gonna go ahead and say it, than most of the people that I work with. Because yeah. that kind of funnel is 
it's difficult to pull off. When it does work, it's great. So you mentioned these types of funnels work really, really well when you have your targeting dialed in. That's one of the biggest questions that people have is how do I ensure that my targeting is dialed in? How do I find the right quote unquote audience to be targeting? Now, in the get to know Quajo episode, the bonus episode that we did on the podcast here, we talked about how you have a very methodical process when you're working with a client of audience research, which obviously leads into targeting and copy and all that type of stuff. So how can people ensure, quote unquote, that they are targeting the people that they want to be targeting when it comes to their ads? You just really have to know it's it's repeating what we just said you have to know your you have to know your audience and so here's where it's not fair certain niches it's easy to target because your ideal audience is easy to target because those options for targeting exist already as an interest a targetable interest inside of Facebook. And then there's other niches where like absolutely the course creator or the online coach has so much expertise, but they end up struggling more with their Facebook ads because their audience is not, let's call it readily targetable. And so what then they have to do is double down on the messaging, which again, you get good messaging by good research and you know your audience well, but they have to then double down on the messaging and target we could say a broader audience and then heavily rely on their ad copy to reach the right person inside of that audience. Would you agree that that is more, that that type of targeting more aligns with what Facebook's algorithm favors these days? Meaning, all right, the algorithm is so smart. The AI is so smart the targeting, you know, capabilities that when you have great messaging that speaks to the person that you want to be speaking to, the algorithm will find those people when you open up that targeting. What are your thoughts and what have you been seeing, you know, in the campaigns that you run? If you're speaking to the wide open audience um, inside of like Facebook ad manager lingo, you may have heard of like B-A-N, B-A-N-T, BANT, broad audience, no targeting, then yeah, you're 100% right. With one caveat, this wide open audience, Facebook's algorithm is only getting better and better and better and better every day because there are hundreds and thousands. I don't have the number actually. How many people are advertising on Facebook? It's a huge business. And to say the least, yeah. It's, it's a huge business. And I, I try to remind people that get on funnel fixing calls with me or clients that though it seems like an uphill battle, Facebook actually does want the online course creator, you know, to make money with Facebook ads because that's Facebook's business model. And if the small businesses that are paying Facebook or making money, then Facebook stays in business. Anyway, yes, the algorithm, right? Yeah. The algorithm is quite advanced. It gets better. If your business already has a bunch of leads, as in the Facebook pixel has a bunch of data on the kind of person that does business with you. I mean, Rick, 
you've seen it too, but more and more what I'm seeing like in the trenches is those wide open audiences are actually yielding a better lead than targeting lookalikes. Like it used to be about really focusing in on interest or testing all of the different individual lookalikes of like a purchase, a purchaser audience. Should, should I explain that a little more quick or what with the lookalikes? Most yeah. people know what a lookalike okay, cool. audience Great. is, but I think I think a, an explanation on why you feel that lookalikes are not as effective as they used to be, because like I think you were alluding to, one of the best audiences that you could target outside of like say your your buyers or what have you was a yeah. lookalike of your buyers, yeah, a one percent lookalike of your buyers. Yeah, why isn't that as effective anymore? I mean, I have my emotions, you know, and my sentiment, but sentiment doesn't make money. You know, it's not effective because the wide open audiences are just working better. Like Facebook's algorithm is doing a better job. Uh oh, can I say this? <laughs> it's not, it's doing a better job than a bunch of detailed testing of six dif different lookalikes can yeah. do. And I'm seeing that in more and more accounts. Here's a very here's a very specific example. Um, I work on the Facebook ads management side of things with a gentleman who has a business teaching jazz improv to aspiring jazzers. And jazzers is a term. Um, I know it because my copywriter did a ton of research, and it is a term, and it resonates quite well with his audience. Um, and we were testing a tripwire funnel bad word but Can we use a different term what is a different term can we coin a different we, term we we're gonna have to work on that in can the somebody meantime. can somebody send one of us a dm on instagram and with a better please, term that you like please please go down go to the on. show notes and dm us <laughs> um so let's call it a lead magnet free offer and on the thank you page is a paid seven dollar offer we'll yeah. coin a new we'll coin a new term um at some point yeah, well, maybe it's an entry, an entryway offer, a doorway. There you Who go. Knows? I like that. All right. How about so, a welcome mat? A welcome mat. That's even better. A welcome <laughs> mat. Okay. So he and we, mainly me, because um, I'm an ads manager, are testing this. And we tested a lot of audiences. And surprisingly, what happened when we started testing this wide open audience because we're monitoring the sales and you know the average uh, cart order value. What happened is, is I won't say that initially it yielded the lowest cost per lead, but initially it, while the cost per lead was slightly higher than some of the other audiences we had tested, his goal was to make money off of the back end with that welcome mat offer. And once we started using the BANT audience, the wide open audience, the type of lead that was coming in was buying more in his funnel. Interesting. Really interesting. Got to pause there because that is very, very intriguing, especially for me because I tested so many other audiences. And then what happened is as we, you know, he was probably getting about 200 leads every two, every week. Yeah, about 200 leads every two, because I have the spreadsheet right in front of me, about 200 leads every week to the tune of 
an average of $2.29 a lead. And if, if, if that seems really low for you, don't jump into the comparison game. It changes for every niche. Um, but the point is, is that once we stuck with the Bant audience, and as of the recording of this episode, September 6th, 2023, it's been seven weeks that we've been with the same audience. And the lead cost has come down from what it was. And the profitability of those leads is in how much they're purchasing in the funnel has started to go and creep higher. So it's very intriguing. I'm not even sure how Facebook is doing it, but once you have all that data, you can do magical things. And, well, it's, uh, it's learning based on that learning. data. Yeah. So it, it's the smarter it's getting, it's finding more and more of those people. It's like, oh, these are the types of people that this advertiser wants. We're gonna find more of those people because we have more data to be able Mm-hmm. to do that. Two things on that, two questions on that. Sure. Number number 1 is 200 leads a week what, at that kind of budget. Why aren't we spending more money? That's that's my first question. <laughs> uh I think I know who you're talking about. I think. You do. You do. Okay. Then that explains I understand why more money is being spent. There's a fear there. Uh and no judgment. Number two, just kind of a, just to go back real quick. And then I want to move on to the next question is my thought on why lookalike audiences don't work as well is the whole iOS privacy, right? Frankly, you know, it can't track as many people as it used to. So the base audience that is based on an email list, for example, or buyers or what have you, that audience is drastically reduced for tracking because of tracking purposes. And then you know, because of that, it's, I think it's a less reliable audience, if you will, from which to create a lookalike audience. That's just my, just my thought. Uh, your that. thought is spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, <laughs> so we're talking about, we're talking about ad spend, yep. right? Everybody, everybody wants to know how much should I spend on my Facebook ads? When somebody asks you that question, what is your answer to that question? <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh because this is a very typical answer that I get as I onboard clients. So typical, in fact, that I have an SOP dedicated to how to answer that question, depending Smart. on the type of business. Yeah. And there are literally four different responses that I have but wait, just tell me, just tell us the answer, though. <laughs> That's what everybody always wants to know. Just tell me the answer. Give me a number. Here's the, give me the number. Yeah. I can't. I just can't. Out of, out of, let's call it my fiduciary responsibility, which is to do things in your best interest. I can't just give you a number. What I will say is, is deciding the ads budget, it's part science and it's part art and it's subjective to you, depending on what niche you're in. I will say, unfortunately, here's the bad news first. There's good news coming, but the bad news first is, if you do not have the standard metrics, like if you haven't launched, well, you should have launched by now, but you need to know how much a lead is worth to your business, okay? That way, when you start to run ads and you have a cost per lead, how much your ads or how much your leads cost, ideally, if you're looking at this video, you can see like one hand is low and one hand is high because there is a gap between how much you're paying for a lead and how much you're making from a lead, right? But before you can get that kind of data or like 
quite a few, surprisingly so. I won't call anyone out, but quite a few people I work with, they do do launches, though they don't have this data. Well, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I'll jump in real quick. Hardly anybody knows what a lead is worth to their business, right? True. Like, I ask seven-figure business owners, and they have no clue. So do you have a quick answer to how to figure that out? Because what you're talking about is so important. I mean, if you just wanted to do some super simple math, you could take a given period of time, let's call it a year, uh, and then how many leads did you get? And then how much did you sell? You know, start somewhere. Um, If you know your funnel a little better, then maybe say, how many leads did I get from Facebook ads? Oh my gosh. Let's not get started on tracking, but please track your Facebook ad leads and tag them inside of your email CRM so you know the leads that came from Facebook ads and then just see what they bought. So look at a year of leads, look at a year of purchases that came from Facebook ad leads, you know, because your funnel could be super complicated, but you can do that and gauge. So to sum that up, you just have to um, make an estimated guess in the beginning. And when that answer is not enough since i know the listener would love to know a number i just say 30 to 40 dollars a day if they can afford to invest that in their business then we can start there because that allows me as an ads manager to test three to four ads at once and then look at the metrics and begin to swap out ad components based on what's working what's not and lower that ad cost so there i've given up i've given up a number um, so so ish between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars a month, yeah, roughly to start. Roughly. But there's no, nothing set in stone that have, that's what you've seen that works particularly well. When somebody's like, "All right, how much do I need to spend in order to start to see some results that I can use?" But see that question though: how much do I need to spend in order to see results? Kind of is like as if. If, as if it's a pay to play, like if you start spending a little more, then Facebook will give you lower lead costs and then it's Facebook's fault. I'm not pointing any fingers, but, you know, it does come back to how aligned is my lead magnet, you know, how how well researched is the ad copy. But yeah, here, I could say this. Consider after I gave you that number, and I know there's probably a listener or 16 who are like, but I don't have $1,500 to spend a month. I have a couple of clients who are spending $700 a month, right? The trick is, is you look at your lead magnet, consider the following four points. What is your lead magnet conversion rate? Okay. Um, as in when people hit the landing page for your lead magnet, like what percentage are opting in, kind of start from the end with the end in mind and back yourself up as in how many leads do you want over what, let's say a month period of time. How many people do you need in your funnel to make your sales goal? So what is your sales goal, right? Start start there and then estimate and then turn on ads and methodically test and bring your lead cost down. Cool. Numbers, numbers, numbers. numbers. Yep. So y'all, what, what Quato just described is an actual way to back into quote unquote, how much should you spend on your ads? is using the data that you have, hopefully. And if you don't have that data, then that's the first step is figure out what that data is so that you can start to back in there, converge sales conversion rate, 
you know, lead opt-in conversion rate, et cetera. And that can lead, that can back you into, all right, well, I'm going to start testing, you know, whatever, $1,000 a month or whatever it might be. Or maybe you could say, oh, I can, you know, test $5,000 a month, whatever it might be. It's, it gives you a more quote unquote scientific way to back into that number and answering, being able to answer that question. Um, you meant, you've mentioned a few times about targeting and doing research. What are some of the best practices that people can do to research their target audiences? Here's just a straight tip that I love to do over and over with clients. Um, dive into what I would call secondary audiences. These would be the smaller targetable audiences that most people aren't targeting because they just don't want to do the work. But because you listen to the art of online business, I know you, I know you're you're willing to work. So here's what I mean. Let's take a niche. Uh, since we were talking about the jazz improv niche, going to a primary audience is going to get you higher lead costs. And what I mean by primary is just typing in side of Facebook ad manager um, in the detailed targeting section, jazz. Okay. Good, but everybody and their mom is targeting jazz. So what you're going to do is look for a secondary audience. So you go to Google and um, you start Googling jazz events. This is one that I actually have done for my clients. So I know this works, but you Google all the different jazz events across the US of A, and then you compile a list or a spreadsheet and you go back to Facebook and you start typing in those events and then you'll see that some of those events are targetable, as in people who have those events as an interest. And so what you've done took more work, but now you've been rewarded with an audience that Facebook will not suggest. I need to say that again. Facebook will not suggest these audiences to you. So if you type in jazz and then you type the, or you click on that extra little suggestions box that's on the right-hand side of the field, mm -hmm. Facebook is not going to suggest these other audiences that you can find if you do the research. Um, I haven't seen it suggested, mm. and so please do the research. Another easy, easy, easy example is if you go to Google. I'm giving you all my tricks. If you go to Google and you type in top 50 books for jazz musicians, and you can do this in any niche, Google will give you a result and it usually has like a horizontal scrollable kind of book list right there. So you take the book names and you take those authors, by the way, and then you individually one by one go type those into Facebook. And then you'll notice some of those authors are targetable and some of those book titles are tar targetable, never all. And it's never even 30%. So that's the thing. Like you got to be willing to look for 50 books and then maybe five of those books, six of those books are actually targetable. But then it kind of, I can't say guarantee, but it kind of does guarantee lower ad costs because you're not competing with as many other advertisers to get in front of that person. So how's that for a super ninja tactic? I love it. People, but I can see people right now being like, oh, that's a lot of work. It is, <laughs> but that's the difference. That yeah. is, it's, it's going that extra mile to be able to do this sort of research, which by the way, you can use AI to do this as well. Go on to, you know, and I wouldn't use chat GPT 
in, in in the ChatGPT app simply because it's only up through you know twenty twenty you know September twenty twenty. I would go into Bing if you want to use ChatGPT, and you can do research this way. You can go into Bard, you know, for Google. You can go into Claude and do this kind of research in there as well, just to give you another avenue to. And and I would if you're gonna do, if you're gonna use an AI tool to do this kind of research, I'd be using multiple tools to see what does Bard give you, what does Claude give you, what does um, Bing give you, you know, that sort of thing uh, in terms of ChatGPT. So you, I love it. What is your like really high level? Um, because we're coming up on on time here, but what is your testing methodology? That is something that a, a lot of people get really sort of it. They, they it gets convoluted in their in their head, and there is a more simplified way to do it. So, what is your testing methodology? Pick an audience, figure out what makes good ad copy ad copy is the most important thing that you should be testing so my testing methodology starts with different pieces of ad copy all combined with one graphic a well-designed graphic you know but people think that they need to stay in canva for 18 hours obsessing over a graphic the truth is you know i test ads with the most basic graphics when I'm trying to develop messaging and you'd be surprised. You don't need a super nice graphic. So um, three different pieces of ad copy with one graphic and test the ad copy and see which one works best for you. That's where you can start. And if you start there, you're doing better than so many people. It, it, your business will love you for it. All within one ad set? Or are you doing three different ad sets with one of those ad versions in each one. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, right? Like Facebook doesn't tell you and there's so many different options. And if you Google the answer, you find so many different answers. Yeah. Um, selfish plug, that's why you hire an ads manager, especially <laughs> if you have a big business, you probably should be, as Rick would say, doing something else in the business that gets you a, a higher ROI on your yeah. individual time. Like you're the CEO. Don't be the ads manager too, especially if you're making over like $500,000 a year, even if you know how to do ads. Let somebody okay. else do it. Anyway, I do it all in one ad set. Okay. So you're letting the algorithm find the winner for you. I mean, the algorithm is super sophisticated. So absolutely. You put three ads in an ad set, different ad copy, same graphic. You'll know after a handful of days which one the algorithm is driving traffic to. Does that work 100% of the time? No. But 85, 90% of the time, yes, it does. And you just got to trust. Every day that algorithm is getting, it's, it's getting better and better than me. It's, it's painful to admit, but we're in interesting times right now. Better than you, what? What? I, 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 I really want to go towards scaling right now because what yeah. you just brought up there brings up the conversation of scaling. I think we should save that to a different episode because Ooh. so many people have questions around scaling, but it's like what we've been talking about here is how to get to scaling. And I, I think this is a good place to just with this, this, this final question here, and it's kind of a big question. So we'll wrap up with this question. Okay. Before we can even get to scaling, people often want to know, like, why are my ads not converting into sales or 
you know, membership oh, no. signups. Oh, no. Right. So, right. you know, how do you walk people through or what's your thought process for how you begin to answer that question? First of all, my response is one of empathy. When I say, oh, no, it's because I get this question more than you would think. And I know if more people could figure this one out, then it's just adding more revenue to their businesses, serving more people who they were meant to serve. But where do you start? It's not just ads. And that's, yep. that's the trap is thinking that because my ads aren't working well, that's why my I'm not getting enough sales. But what really needs to be addressed is how are you bringing people into your business ecosphere? What's happening at the lead magnet level? If that's the kind of funnel you're running traffic to first, like how aligned is that lead magnet to, this is going to be a whole nother episode. We're not going into this. This episode is almost finished, but how aligned <laughs> is that lead magnet with your offer? How good of a job are you doing with your follow-up email sequence after you deliver that lead magnet with building, with establishing your own authority, letting the people who have taken a leap of faith and giving you their name and email, how are you letting them know that you got them, that you understand what they're struggling with, that you can help them, that you have helped other people? And how are you, you know, how are you paving the way for them to take that customer journey and ultimately trust you enough to put down dollars $500, $700, $5,000 for an offer with you. There's a lot that goes on in that funnel. And it's rarely just, Facebook ads are rarely the only culprit. There's usually a lot more, which is what we can discuss in another episode. And absolutely what you can discuss with me, should you want to book a strategy call. And link is in the show notes below. So what does a strategy call look like if somebody, so they go to quajo.com, Q-U-A-Y-J-O.com. Mm -hmm. They can book a strategy. This is not like an ads management call necessarily. Someone can just sign up for a strategy, for like a, a funnel know, fixing call, funnel fixing, troubleshoot what they've got going. Yep. So you just break the, you know, they give you the stats, they show you what they've got going and you start to dig into it. And I mean, Rick, I've, I've learned what's from up. you. I've learned from you, Rick. And what that means for the listener is, is I ask a good amount of questions. So, yep. you know, they'll fill out the initial form and then I look at that and then there's a second form that goes out and it has more questions. Then they come to the call with the answers for like, you know, and I've seen those answers because I usually request that they fill it out three days in advance. And then I ask more questions because it, it rarely is what you think it is. And you can look at the data but it usually takes diving deeper into the numbers or here's a very simple example. Um, somebody's asking, and I know you've seen this too, Rick. They're like, I'm sending out the emails, but it's not working. We'll just keep it simple like that. Right. You ask a few questions um, for a launch, for example, and you're like, it comes up that they are emailing once a week or somebody signs up for their launch but then that person doesn't get another email for like a week and a half. Right. Yeah. You know, it's time to show up for the launch. And you're like, if you didn't ask the right questions, you wouldn't ever know that. And you're like, of course, this person's yeah. not really trusting you. You haven't talked to them for a week and a half. Right. Or, you know, so. It fell into a black hole, if you it will. It fell into a black hole. So, yeah, yeah, we ask a lot of questions on the call. We identify some things that can be tweaked. 
you leave the call with some action items that you can go and implement inside of your business. And then if you decide to book a second call with me, you can book a second call. That's how we do those funnel fixing yeah. strategy calls. Nice, nice. Quajo.com, Q-U-A-Y-J-O.com. Yep. And uh, you can sign up for a funnel call there. Thank you. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I, I mean, as you know, I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. And uh, we went through 10 questions today. Even though it was more conversational, it wasn't like, okay, number one, number two, mm -hmm. it was like, we covered a lot today and I like, we're just scratching the surface. So if you like this episode, let one of us know, Please. you know, shoot us a DM on Instagram. Um, and, uh, and, and let us know. I think that, you know, like I mentioned before the scaling episode or doing an episode about scaling is a whole episode in and of itself, because that's a whole yep. other thing. So, um, this is fun. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate you, man. You're welcome. All right. See you later. Bye. All right. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Hopefully you got some real value and we're able to dig out some nuggets of gold there from our conversation around the top 10 Facebook ads questions. A lot more coming your way here on the podcast. So until the next time, be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.